Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of the League of Our Own Toastmasters podcast. We have two excellent guest speakers today for our episode about area-level leadership. Our first guest for today is Nicole Arms, DTM. She is the current Division C Director for District 8. She has been a Toastmaster for over four years, having served in such leadership roles as VP of Membership, President, and Area 10 Director. She is a member of two Springfield area clubs, Horace Mann Toastmasters and League of Our Own Toastmasters. Outside of Toastmasters, her hobbies include spending time with her family, giving back to the animal rescue communities, and traveling. Nicole, would you like to say hello? Yes. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me tonight. Great to have you, Nicole. And our second guest for today is Sue Rankin. Sue Rankin has been married for 31 years and has two daughters who are attending college. She has recently retired from the state of Illinois and now enjoys more time helping others in Toastmasters. Sue has been a Toastmaster for over 10 years and is a member of three Springfield area clubs, League of Our Own Toastmasters, Noontime Toastmasters, and is a charter member of Capital City Toastmasters. She has served in almost every officer role during this time and is currently VP of membership as well as Area 10 Director. Sue, would you like to say hello? Hello, Sam. Hello, everyone else. It's good to be here tonight. Thank you both for joining us today. What I like to do on this podcast is just go through a series of questions and tonight's focus is on area level leadership. So my first question, and we'll start with Sue, what would you like to see Area 10 accomplish this Toastmasters year? Thanks, Sam. That's a really great question. As area director this year, I, I would like to help every club and their members to understand and have a better use of the District 8 website. As a director, it is my goal um, to help the clubs in any way to achieve a clearer understanding of how to use the website. It might be a little overwhelming at first, but it really is, is not that bad. Uh, when you visit the District 8 website, it, it holds a lot of information. Uh, the Distinguished Club Program is out on there and it, and it would display each club's progress and you can that way you can track how your club's doing and and, and maybe you know, see your strengths and, and help you with your weaknesses and it helps members meet their personal goals it also contains um, of the training that is planned for the district it has um, information for officer training and, and that helps with membership goals it, it keeps the club viable it will show you what education that you could learn and sometimes the expectations of duties during the meeting are, are a little bit unclear and it helps with all that with training the other thing the district website offers um, are information about contests it tells you the dates how to prepare for 
your club members to participate in the contest. And it, it kind of is a good reminder to set your, your schedule for your own personal clubs uh, contest dates. And of course, there's also information about Zoom and it has a, a training classes in Zoom. It's just a wealth of information. And, and I would hope that everyone could take advantage of it because it really is a, a good base of, of where to start as a club. Thanks, Sam. Yes, I agree. The District 8 website is a very helpful resource and one I probably didn't use very much my first few years as a Toastmaster, but later on I learned there's a lot of great resources out there. I actually hadn't heard about the Zoom meeting resources, so that, that's great to hear. So Nicole, I'd like to ask you, what is something you would like to see Area 10 or perhaps Division C accomplish this Toastmasters year? Well, again, Sam, that is a really great question. And I think that these are challenging times for not just Division C and Area 10, but Toastmasters as a whole. We're in this pandemic and we're not able to hold meetings like we are typically are accustomed to being Toastmasters. We've got some clubs that are unable to meet because they don't have the technology resources in order to hold virtual meetings. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we do have clubs that are being very successful and either having hybrid and or just virtual meetings and just trying to get through it. But even with that, you have members that aren't very tech savvy and so membership is down. One of the goals that I would really like to see and I've challenged my Division C team with is to make sure that our clubs maintain and persist through this Toastmasters year. We want to make sure that we are empowering our clubs and our members to do the best that they can with the technology and providing them training and support to make sure that they can continue to meet. Because the benefits of Toastmasters go beyond just public speaking. You have a networking component, you have community component of it. And when clubs aren't able to reach their potential and having members participate, then there, you know, there's a loss there. And therefore, it's really important during this period of time that members have the opportunity to still have that ability to participate and make sure that they're able to give their speeches, make sure that they're able to have that sense of community and networking at the meetings. And, and that's really one of the main goals that we have in Division C this year. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for all your effort and trying to help clubs persist during this time. For me personally, uh, having these Toastmasters meetings has been really great. I enjoy coming to those Toastmasters meetings virtually and everyone's still very positive and it always feels like an uplifting experience. So we're all members of League of Our Own Toastmasters. My question to you is what is special about League of Our Own. What is something that League of Our Own Toastmasters does well that other Area 10 clubs could learn from? And Nicole, I'll have you answer this one first. I have to say, what was a big attraction in becoming a member of a League of Our Own Toastmasters? It is that sense of community that I was just talking about. 
this club offers so much in terms of support and getting to meet people within the Springfield area. And that is something that being part of a corporate club that isn't always a benefit that you receive. And I think that a league of our own does a really great job of getting new members and getting people to come as guests and really participate. There have been very few meetings that I've attended where there aren't, you know, there are a couple times where people have to double up in roles, but nearly almost always their roles filled and almost always there's a speaker. Everybody is there. They want to be there. They're all encouraging one another and supporting each other. And I really love that about a club. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to visit other clubs and other areas within District 8. And there are very few clubs that seem to have this camaraderie that a league of our own does. And that's what I think makes them so successful. I agree. League of our own is one of the most welcoming and most friendly groups that uh, I've ever been to. Sue, can you tell us a little bit about something that League of Rome does well that other Area 10 clubs could learn from? Sure, I, I can because as belonging to several clubs around the area, I, I would agree. League of Our Own has one of the better clubs that I have visited. The great thing about League of Our Own is your membership strength. You have, actually you need a fair amount of members uh, to reach the goals of the Distinguished Club Program, which is very important, vital to, to a club's growth. Uh, being, being very friendly and welcoming is uh, a very great asset. Uh, the other good thing about League of Our Own, and, and there might be a few others like this too, but people want to go to Toastmaster clubs and know that a meeting would be very timely. You start on time and you end on time. There's a real structure with the roles that are expected. And, but really what's, what's good also is, like Nicole said, there's always speeches. There's always someone signed up to give speeches. And you don't always find that with clubs. I've, I've given a fair amount of speeches, but you, generally in the one club that I have. Now, your club, which is also very good at um, attending other Toastmaster clubs, to speak. So your club might have the your meeting filled with speakers, and you also have people in your club who want to go ahead and give their speeches and get their credits. So it is very welcoming um, at Capital City as well. We have had some speakers from League of Our Own come over and give their speeches and that puts them over to the next level. And we're always happy to see uh, speakers coming over to different clubs. It's very important to keep your members speaking it keeps them in good practice, and uh, that way you attain more goals for your DCP program. Thanks, Sue. And I think we're all big fans of League of Our Own, Toastmasters, but 
can you guys think of something we could learn from another club in Area 10? And I'll start with you, Sue. Is there something that we could learn from one of the, our other clubs in Area 10? I think everybody's open for suggestions. And I do have a couple suggestions for League of Our Own. Um, everyone, uh, the clubs now are not being able to meet, so we're using Zoom. And as time has gone on with, with the COVID, some people, some clubs are starting to go back meeting in person. So I would suggest that clubs need to kind of up the game a little bit and go into the hybrid meetings. That allows the people who cannot attend for traveling for work or, or family issues or the weather, they can still attend and they don't have to be physically there. That would be a, a good combo in my opinion that you would not lose membership that way and everybody would still see the camaraderie of, of the fellow members. Uh, the second suggestion that I have um, is has to do with the collecting the dues of membership. I would suggest instead of however you would like to set this up, um, Capital City uses PayPal when it comes to collecting dues, which might be an idea to think about that it really saves time on waiting for those at the last minute. If it's too late to get their check, they don't wanna give their credit card number, set up a PayPal system where all they have to do is click on a button and it collects their money through PayPal. It just makes things a lot easier that the transition to the next Toastmaster six months, just, it's just a lot easier that way. Just a suggestion. Thanks, Sue. I think those are both good points. One of the benefits of doing a hybrid meeting, sometimes people don't have the technology set up where they can attend virtually. So I think a hybrid meeting might help in that there, we might have some people return who haven't been able to come and attend online. The collecting dues, that's another good point. I was part of another club and they collected money via Venmo. So there's a few different options there to collect money electronically and, and submit it and make sure that everyone's dues are collected and paid on time. Nicole, do you have other suggestions for things that League of Our Own could learn from other clubs? I have to say that both you and Sue have hit the two items that came to the forefront of my mind, thinking about the hybrid meetings where, you know, those that feel comfortable meeting in person and in a safe, you know, in a social distanced type of setting to be able to have those hybrid meetings. I think that's good. We do have clubs within Division C that are being successful, not just in Area 10 or even in Area 1 that are highly concentrated in Springfield that are doing it very well. But I think at the same time, you know, for those individuals who still don't feel safe or comfortable meeting in person, one of the other things that I would challenge a league of our own is to look into what other platforms there could be to leverage that, you know, there are all sorts of virtual 
platforms now, is there another one that maybe is a little bit more conducive or easy for people to use? And then I think one more item to touch on and this would be across the board, not necessarily for a league of our own, but I would encourage anybody within Division C, and that would be go and visit other clubs. You don't realize what other clubs do well or do differently until you go and visit them, and then you can bring those best practices back to your own club. And that's one of the major benefits of nearly, or I should say not nearly, but the majority of clubs being in a virtual platform is you can go and visit any club internationally that you want to and see what they're doing and bring it back. I think change is constant and there's nothing wrong with looking for opportunities to further a league of our own. That's a great point that with so many clubs meeting online, you can easily be a guest for a club that's in another city, another state, or even another country. And that would really take advantage of being part of this international organization. So I think that's a great point. So one question I wanted to give, uh, sort of just for fun, What's your favorite speech you've ever heard? And I'll let Nicole take this one first. What is the favorite speech I've ever heard? You know, this is something that it's really hard because I've heard a lot of great speeches, but I think the one that comes to the forefront of my mind has to do with a TED Talk from Simon Sinek. And for those listening, if you don't know who Simon Sinek is, he's a motivational speaker and he has several different TED Talks out there. But the one that I enjoyed the most, there's two of them, but there's one that I like just a little bit better. And that has to do with leadership. And it has to do with why leaders eat last is essentially the premise behind it. And what's really engaging about that is the way that he talks about leadership and explaining how leadership isn't managing, right? You have to get the trust of the people that you want to lead. And he uses a really nice anecdotal story about a military camp and where, you know, all these soldiers are fatigued. It's time for them to take a meal break. They're not sure if there's gonna be enough food for everybody. And rather than the leaders go and get in the front of the line, they actually stay in the back and make sure that everybody else in the camp gets the opportunity to eat or drink. And that builds that trust and that foundation within that camp because the leaders are setting the example of who is important. And who is important? It is, you know, in Toastmasters, it's our members. They're important. I'm not important as a Division C director in that concept. You know, Sue as an Area 10 director, you know, we, she and I work together as a team, but we take a back seat, so to speak, and our job is to encourage and to guide and to help the members of our clubs 
to be successful. And in order to do that, we have to let them go first. And that is such a really powerful speech. And that has stayed with me all throughout being a Toastmaster. It's, it's just really, really important. And for those individuals listening, I strongly encourage you to go and check him out. He has some really great other TED Talks and other speeches, but leadership, you know, he really focuses in on what it takes to be a good leader. And it's not being a manager, it's helping those that go first, you know, and I'm going to kind of go on a side tangent here and I'm sorry, Sam, and I'm sorry, Sue, but you know, it's also like in Boy Scouts where you're only as fast as your slowest person, right? So we're all in this together. This isn't one club better than another, or, you know, we're all Toastmasters and we're all working towards our own individual goals, but we also have collective goals to as well. And that's that's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. I'm going to have to look up that speech. That sounds really good, and it definitely it definitely um, fits into the Toastmasters leadership model, where it's the club that supports the members, and the area supports the club, and the division supports the area. Sue. Do you have a favorite speech that you've ever heard within Toastmasters or outside of Toastmasters? Yes, I do. I'm recalling, and this is a Toastmaster speech, I'm recalling last spring's Division C uh, humorous speech contest, who was won by Chris Farishon. She gave a speech called that little voice and it was the story it was hilarious it was about meeting her husband and the first dates that she met him and what they did and she had everybody just rolling in the aisles laughing and it was a zoom contest which was a little bit different and she practiced and practiced and practiced now toastmasters is all about communication and leadership. Chris began as a Toastmaster in October of 2018, and she won the humorous contest in 2020. That to me, that is lightning speed. She has enjoyed Toastmasters that brief time, but she seemed to accept her, her um, self-confidence and, and I think that's what Toastmasters does for people I don't realize I, I don't think she realized what she had inside her and, and she's a natural she is a natural speaker and communicator and Toastmasters has brought that out in her and she was able to go up to the drinks all those contests she was, it was an excellent humorous speech. So I would credit that to, and to tell people that you may be in the Toastmaster organization for a, a long time and you can be in there a very short time, but it does help you reach your personal goals 
And I think with Chris, one of her goals it was to become a stronger communicator. And boy, does she, she proved it. So we do have a lot of good examples out there um, to see the worth of Toastmasters. Thank you, Sam. That was a fantastic speech. I remember that myself. Now that you're talking about it, I can still picture her with her hand puppet, with her hand puppet arm, like mimicking the, mimicking the little voice talking to her. That was a great speech. So I'd like to thank both of you for being part of the leadership team at Toastmasters and for doing so much for our organization. My final question I want to give is how do you encourage people to expand beyond just the club level? I'll start with Nicole. Well, Sam, first, I have to say my moving beyond the club level to the area level was definitely trial by fire. It wasn't something that I was necessarily looking for, but it was something that was presented to me because there was a need for it. And while I didn't necessarily think that it was something that I would be ready or that I was 100% comfortable in pursuing, I went ahead and jumped in with both feet and and went forward with the opportunity. And I have to say, it was such a rewarding experience, so much so that I decided to throw my name into the ring to become the Division C Director. Um, so I'm at this level, not because I'm working towards any particular goal, but because the benefits beyond participating at the club are so much more. I've gotten the opportunity to meet more people within Toastmasters, getting the opportunity to see just kind of a bigger picture. You know, when you attend club meetings, you're focused on that club in itself and just that meeting. But when you take a step out at the area director, you kind of see a bigger picture and you get the opportunity to see what other clubs are doing whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, but then you go to, you know, let's say a division level and you look at how different areas are functioning. And what you see is that at the club level, they're just kind of self, you know, self-centered is not the word that I want to use. I can't, it's, they're, they're kind of their own microchasm, right? They function independently. But when you get to step out of that club and look out, you see that it is this bigger relationship and network of clubs. And, and there's just so much more to just being a club member when you step out and you become an area or, you know, just even a, a district level officer or even helping with area contests or TLIs there there's more to it and you get to realize that the toastmaster community is much bigger than maybe your 10 15 or 20 25 club members that there are all these different people from all of these different walks of life that are here for whatever reason but i think and sue spoke to this earlier we become wanting to be at this level because we want to see other people succeed and other people do well and you can do that within the club being a mentor but you can really feel more enriched and more engaged 
when you get beyond the club. And Sue, would you add anything else to that? I think you covered uh, the great ideas. Uh, it, it is hard, especially when you're busy, you've got a family, now this, now this virus is going around. It is hard, first of all, to commit to being a Toastmaster because you have to learn Zoom, you have to fit it into your schedule, all that. But I think if clubs help members get closer to their personal goals, that is the, the addiction. And when you're in Toastmasters and you become for, more familiar, I encourage people to travel to different clubs. You're expanding kind of your, your world to, to see new people, and that's a great start. But as far as the district and perhaps even um, helping out with the contest, really you just need to, to uh, start by asking. I think we, we assume a lot of times that everyone knows what we're talking about. So in my case, I, I have planned to start, and I have been doing this, just ask people. I mean, maybe they haven't thought about it and, and you can t tell them that they see, you see certain qualities inside that person, which, which you can. Kind of encourage them to expand a little bit and if they try an idea, as in working in the contest, and try through the training, and it, they become a little bit more familiar. The training, I think, is a key also, because it's, it opens your mind to seeing what really is available and what other people are talking about. If you don't attend anything, at least with training, you don't even get that overall view of what's out there. And in the training, you will meet and be introduced to new people that you've never met. So it's an overall, I think, picture of, of how it all rises to area director and, and up into your case, Nicole. But, but it's such a great organization and you can go in so many different directions or you can stay in your club and practice your interviewing skills. <laughs> And, you know, just do what you have to do, what your, your goals are, but it will not take long. You'll get to see a wider vision of what's out there and it might pique your interest and you might, you might just decide to jump in. And I, yeah, I think that's a really great point too, Sue, that you mentioned we have a lot of lingo within Toastmasters once you get outside of the club level that I think we come back to the club and we just assume people know what we're talking about. And I think that we don't do a good job at bringing those folks in and understanding what that is or, or what we do. It's just, oh, you know, the area directors come into the club today to do their visit but we don't really understand what that means, right? Or, you know, the district director is coming today or, or understanding what that hierarchy is. And I can say before I took on, you know, an area role, 
I didn't understand that, you know, people would come to our club and they would visit or I would go to contests and they would talk about so-and-so is this role. And that didn't really mean anything to me. And I, I feel like we could do a better job at explaining that for our members so that they can see the opportunity so they can not only see the opportunities, but they can understand it because there may be somebody in the club today that would be a really excellent district officer, but they don't pursue it because they don't understand it. Right, you need to ask. Thank you to both of you for your comments on going beyond the club level. One thing I would like to point out also, Sam, is that we have, members that have uh, been in, in Toastmasters for such a long time and they are the uh, had gone through the legacy system and now we are strictly on pathways and I would encourage the legacy members to be open-minded um, ask for help if you need it but the new members, of course, know nothing of the legacy, so they jump right in and Pathways isn't intimidating. But, but it is it's kind of intimidating when you've only known the legacy system, the legacy way of doing it with the manuals and all that. But that's being phased out and we need to encourage um, learning Pathways and be positive about it and accept it and keep going. Thanks, Sue. I completed my DTM under the Legacy Program and I've also started earning levels again in the Pathways system. And I could say, I, I can say, I definitely see a lot of value in the new Pathways system. There's a lot of variety there and there's also a lot of additional material online to go through. So I, in particular, I've gone through the legacy system and I, I am very excited about Pathways. I know there were some challenges with it at first, but I think that actually they've been gradually making it, making it better. And I'm excited to, to help people get, get through Pathways. Nicole, would you like to comment on Pathways? Sure, I'll certainly comment on Pathways. Um, I just recently earned my DTM and I actually did it through the Pathways system. When I joined, it was still the legacy system with the manuals and about two years into my Toastmasters journey is when we started hearing about Pathways and being the manuals being phased out and Pathways being phased in. And I had a decision to make. Did I want to continue on the manual path and try to get things finished within a certain period of time? Or did I want to go ahead and just make the transition to pathways? And I went ahead and decided after earning my advanced communicator bronze to go ahead and make the switch to pathways. And I have to say, there were good things and bad things about the manuals. And in the beginning, the early days of pathways, there was a little bit of a struggle. There were some bugs and trying to understand it. But here we are in the first full year of pathways being the way of Toastmasters without any legacy. And I have to say, I really embrace it. I 
I'm not super tech savvy. Um, what little I know is probably just enough to be dangerous, but it's enough that I can navigate pathways. And I really like the interactiveness part of pathways and taking a look at the different electives that you have for the different levels. And I've completed two full paths and pathways, strategic relationships and motivational strategies. And both of those, I got takeaways from that that were applicable for my day job. And, you know, that was really why I chose those paths. And there's a lot of flexibility in choosing those paths. But again, there were good things about the manuals, but I feel like Pathways offers even more and it's a little bit more dynamic, and I'm very hopeful that as time goes on, it will become even more robust, and people will really start to engage and see the benefits that there are. You know, everything is at your fingertips. You can access it on your phone, you can do it on your tablet, you can do it on your PC, however you want to handle it, but you don't have to worry about losing any papers anymore, which I feel is a really great plus. But there's a lot to be said for pathways and there's a lot that can be gained for it that I'm a big advocate for it. I agree, Nicole. It's a good thing. Just have to get started in it. That's the, that's the main thing. I mean, when you think about it in comparison to the legacy thing, the legacy program, there's, there are some differences, right? But both start with an icebreaker. All you have to do is give that first four to six minute speech to get started. Thanks to both of you. And once again, congratulations, Nicole. Nicole was a very recent DTM. Congratulations once again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today to hear from our Area 10 and Division C directors. Please join us next time when our guest will be District 8 Director RJ Stratton. Please take note of the following upcoming events for the League of Our Own Toastmasters Club. Our first November meeting is November 13th. The fourth Friday meeting in November is canceled in celebration of Thanksgiving. We will be celebrating a holiday theme at our December 11th meeting. So please wear a Santa hat or something else festive. The fourth Friday meeting is also canceled in December for Christmas. Now is a good time to start thinking about and working on your next contest speech. Our club will be hosting our International and Table Topics contest on January 22nd. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Oh.